Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of And Another News, the podcast where we like to bring a little light relief to your newsfeed. I'm Daisy. And I'm Ellie. And this week we're going to bring you one story that is a little bit weird and wacky, one that will hopefully make you think, and then one that will warm your heart. Let's go! Let's go! Okay, so first up, Weird and Wacky. Um, This story is an interview from The Guardian by Fleur MacDonald. And it's about a performance artist called Abraham Poncheval, who spent one week living inside a sculpture of himself. So the way that I was picturing it and how it is, is kind of like being in like a suit of armour. But it's more like, you know, it, it literally it was made with a 3D printer. So it's the exact like shape of his body as well. He lived in there for seven days and he was fine afterwards. You know, they had a doctor on standby for when he was coming out and they like cut the back of it open um, and he kind of like fell out but he was fine he got an all clear from the doctors so he literally couldn't move so he made like a little bit of room because apparently he had his snacks and drinks in his arm but here's the issue so like he planned for that you know like he'll have them in his arms and store them in there and then give them to himself but the issue was he made it a little bit too small so at first it was like quite hard because he couldn't properly grab it and like put it in his mouth Ah. yeah what do you think about when you're just sat still for seven days yeah or do well, you think about the art the whole time? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's done a lot of other stuff like this. He also lived inside a rock for like a week. He has plans to encase himself in a beehive. With bees um, in? Or bees... Yeah. Mm, okay, that sounds fun. Um, yeah. So I just... Yeah, I feel like he must, you know, have a way of thinking about it. But also, like, he's a performance artist genius. And mm. therefore, I feel like his brain is a little bit different to you or I. Did you read in this article about the one where he sat on a stool in a glass cube for 11 days above a thing of eggs to help incubate them? Yeah. I just think this man is so patient. What's the meaning behind it, did he say? So he was saying that he's always kind of used his body for his performance art. For one thing, it's cheaper because, you know, he's got a body mm-hmm. um but also like that the body is just like an amazing thing and it does all these things for you already like why not use it and test it but then also it emphasizes the idea of the gaze upon art mm-hmm. and you are like then experiencing it yourself well it must be quite a feeling of oh i don't know vulnerability i guess absolutely yeah aside from all the kind of like physical challenges of that just being absolutely that vulnerable and not really knowing what's going on the outside and then the one where you're saying about where he was doing the egg one in a glass bowl then he can absolutely see who's looking at him and it must just feel crazy maybe he's just dead into people watching and so actually just mm-hmm. wanted to sit in a glass thing just have an excuse to not talk to anyone for three weeks yeah. and just be like ah oh, that he's got yeah oh <laughs> do you think you could do it defo not but for me just more because I have really bad claustrophobia. Definitely not for you then. Even for one little second, I couldn't do it. But okay, say it was for me like more spacious space. What would you do in there? To entertain yourself oh i don't know because i really really can't bear like meditation or anything no. like that but one thing i was always taught and this is like a good tip actually if you're ever feeling like stressed out you're meant to be able to name like five things you can see four things you can hear all that kind of thing and you go through your senses i probably just play lots of little mind games like that like going through the alphabet trying to name every girl's name every guy's name a different town but for a week man i don't know what would you do yeah i 
think, given all that time where you literally can't do anything else and you can't even see other stuff as well, mm. I think I would try and unlock more than 10% of my brain. Ooh. I would just be thinking, be like, look, I've got all this stuff in my brain. I would try and access everything that I ever ever thought and that is in my memories yeah i don't think i'd want that yeah i mean to an extent yeah but i would just kind of want to check it off you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember when I experienced that I remember when I thought that I remember this memory I remember when I learned that yeah and just be so like so you just think still really there? hard I would just think so hard and honestly the thought of that now is really hurting my brain so mm. I'm glad that I just have no plans to do something like this do you know what on a really superficial level I got really into watching this is Pete Lockdown YouTube challenges of people spending 24 hours without leaving their car but they had a lot more fun like they just got deliveries to their car and stuff like that mm. this is what this kind of reminded me of but extreme but extreme can't do anything I remember one girl took her laptop out into her car and she's like there's no wifi what do I do <laughs> for 24 hours now because like, you're alright in the day when you've got people to watch that are coming to see your yeah. thing but it's like 3am nobody's come and watched you in your glass incubator for a good few hours yeah well, if you can't this unlock is... your brain you're done in yeah that is that is true you reach a certain point you're like nah I'm at about 2% I'm not getting any further. We're done. How meta that I am recording this from my car right now. <gasps> Are you going to stay in there for 24 hours? Maybe I should. I feel like because it's rainy, it would actually be quite soothing. It would. I'd just watch all the raindrops race against each other. Which would be fun for all of 50 seconds. Literally. I don't know why I'm acting like I've got so much patience. Like, I'm literally <laughs> like, spare a minute? Yeah, let me uh, watch something, listen to something, yeah. chat to someone, call someone. I've gotten yeah. into a habit of going for walks now deliberately and not listening to stuff for some of the time because I feel like I'm constantly listening to something, doing something. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, sometimes yeah, I just yeah, peace. But not for a and week. And then what do you do on those walks? I don't know, then I probably do too much thinking and I don't really like that either. No, yeah, it's you've got to get a balance, I think. That's, I think that's so. good though. It's good to check in with yourself, have a little think. But maybe not for an incubator for three weeks. No, 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 no. Vibe. And in other news, this is a piece I read on Mashable and the headline is Iceland ran the world's largest trial of a shorter work week. The results will not shock you. And basically it was amazing. So Iceland have done this four year trial of a shorter working week and across the board, everybody was happier. Everybody was healthier. Everybody was more productive. And it showed that this could actually be done because obviously people are a lot less burnt out because they're not working as much. If you've basically got a half and half kind of balance, you're not spending your entire life consumed by your job. And also it worked across not just people working nine to five jobs, but they reduced from 40 hours to I think about 35 and they didn't reduce pay. And so people have more time for hobbies and their families and for housekeeping and weren't just constantly tired all the time. I read a report recently about how this could really help the environment as well, mostly because people would be less lazy. And when we get tired, we make poor environmental decisions like we'll get takeaway, we'll decide to drive instead of walk or whatever. Three day weekend, baby. Yeah. I saw in the article that they said that they need to do this in the UK, like yeah. as an at least trial it. I honestly make it happen. Please, I'd love to be part of that trial. So I mean, right up. Oh, literally. But it's so interesting what you say about the environmental implications of it as well. Like, and why it is as well. Like when you started saying that, I just assumed because people are traveling into work one yeah. less day. But yeah. the fact that it's about how tired you are. And that's so true. It's so true. And also I think because people, if they did have an extra day, 
the likelihood would be that they wouldn't just spend it on doing lots of things that are really bad for the environment like you would yeah, of course spend it doing more i don't know more stuff with your family or activities that are going to make you feel good because you're not feeling the need to cram it all into two days at the weekend and drive everywhere like it can be a lot more chilled out so i don't know yeah and i think work-life balance is a real thing like i'm seeing more and more people with their work emails on their phones checking it on the weekend i'm like no it's not live to work it's work to live yes it should be anyway I, yeah ideally obviously i'm aware that for a lot of people that cannot be the situation but ideally. yeah and also you know if you love your job and it's not stressing you out then you know work away do you. but <laughs> just don't bury your life into something that your heart is not in oh days powerful getting real deep now getting real deep a lot of people be like oh yeah four day a week that sounds great and they never really trialed it and actually this is conclusive proof yeah yeah so iceland's very much like ahead of the game with stuff like this i feel like yeah. iceland oh. and those countries in that geographical area are always like high ranked for happiness high ranked for like yeah. i was about to say customer satisfaction <laughs> that's not what i meant <laughs> You know, life satisfaction. Yeah, and they're also very green. Those environmental standards are high. To be fair, if I lived in a place with that many hot springs, I know exactly how I'd be spending my extra day. True. Thank you. True. Making sure you're walking there, though, not driving. Not driving. None of that. <laughs> well, I spent one lady from the Green Party was like, obviously, it'd be terrible if we all got an extra day off and spent the entire thing shopping. But the likelihood is that's not going to happen. And I think the thing about not decreasing people's pay is important as well, because actually people are being just as productive in four days. Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, I just thought it was quite exciting. What did you I think? I think it's very exciting. What was your gut reaction when you read it? I was like, yes, come on. I'm loving this scientific evidence that this should be a thing. Make it happen. Yeah. Bank holiday every week. Yeah, baby. <laughs> And in other news, okay, so the last story, this is our Warm Your Heart story, and it's also from The Guardian, written by Tim Dowling, and it's about dealing humanely with household pests. Now, the first thing I should probably say is that people and organisations who promote humane treatment of pest control don't actually like the word pest. So, you know, when I say pest, I mean like rats and wasps cockroaches ants things like that in your house but really let's just start off by saying they are wildlife and a lot of the species have been around before we have they have as much right to be in a space as we do on this planet so the whole thing is about just basically instead of bringing lethal methods in to rid quote pests from your life these wildlife is there another way to do it Mm -hmm. so the first question you have to ask is can you coexist now i was a bit at this point a bit skeptical because i was like realistically what of these pesky wildlife can you coexist with if they're in your house however you know if they are in for example an attic that you don't use mm. and they're not bothering anyone then potentially you could coexist at that point but i was swiftly moving on to step two which is how can you escort them out of the area that is your territory which i think is reasonable mm -hmm. i think you know if you're like really going for it then like good for you and good for you if you are happy to coexist with these animals but 
for the vast majority of people, it's not going to be the case. No, thanks. So the whole article just talks about different common household wildlife intruders that you would get and how to deal with them. And it's, I think, you know, well worth a read, really, just to see that how you do it. For example, rats and mice and stuff, a lot of the solutions in these problems tend to be poison, basically. But apparently that is completely ineffective because when you do it, when you lay the poison, they will have like some of it realize that it's bad obviously like maybe one of their family will die they'll mm. go away and then they will return and they will return once it, they think it's safe to do so because after a while if they haven't yeah. returned you're going to stop using the poison they're going to come back yeah mice and rats and i think that would be my worst pest i used to be terrible with spiders and stuff but mice and rats really now creep me out and apparently they've gone up in london during lockdown as well the amount of rats on the street i saw one just barely trotting across the road the other day i guess maybe because the streets were emptier for a long while they kind of true hide piper vibes took ownership yeah. <laughs> they were like this is our london now that's baby what would your worst pest lives. be because um, you had pet mice before i remember i did have pet mice and i to be honest, if I saw a non-pet mouse, I wouldn't, you know, not mind. Yeah. But for me, every day it's got to be wasps. I really do not like wasps. You'd have hated it in hours. We had a wasp nest the size of a full-on bin bag. Like, I remember them bringing it down from the loft and I was literally gagging because it was so yeah. big. Yeah, <laughs> And I hate how they make them, which is apparently, like, chewing up cardboard and then, like, bidding it back out, like, paper and uh, yeah. or something. Like, it's just honestly so unacceptable. But something that this article said that's maybe given me more fear of wasps is that the CO2 in our breath yeah. triggers the defences of wasps. <laughs> so what? like apparently if you do have a wasp's nest like you shouldn't approach it by yourself like if you if you get wind you've got one like you should just call someone straight away because carbon dioxide that we breathe will straight away just make them be like uh, yo what and start attacking nah have you ever been stung touch wood i have not but i think that's maybe why i'm more scared because I'm yeah. like, oh my god like, i just i can't like i just don't want to yeah fair. have you yeah and I was in shock for about five seconds and I remember being like, help! And then I realised it was fine. <laughs> but I think... Was it okay? Yeah, it was completely fine. But I was just... I was just the shock of getting stung, I think. Set me off on one, yeah. but yeah. But a full-on nest. That's, that's a no-go. I thought this was meant to warm my heart. I do not feel very heart-warmed. Oh, sorry. Let me just bring it right around to the heart-warming thing. It's that all these animals are species and they are living things. And this article is helping us to be better coexisters on the planet. Because mm. humans do a lot of damage. And really, these animals should all probably be angry at us because we are making the planet bad for True. them. So if we are trying to do one little bit to help, you know, we've already messed up the environment and made fires in the middle of the ocean but if we can help it by not killing animals directly when they are in our house then that would be we'll nice just, heartwarming next time we see a little spider we'll just pop them outside exactly, exactly. spiders and like ants in the masses are quite tricky to deal with i suppose but like spiders and like just like random crawly bugs individually if they can't fly are like very chill like you just got to catch them in a little cup and a glass and you just take them outside mm-hmm. all our friends lovely my heart's warmed good i'm glad i'm glad 
thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of and another news we hope you've enjoyed it we've definitely loved having you with us and if you'd like to come back next time subscribe to be notified when our next episode goes up bye bye